Get ready for the Synthesizer Library podcast. Because, let's face it, synthesizers are just cool. It's time for another episode of the Synthesizer Library podcast. I'm Adam Anderson. I'm back with episode four today, and it's been a couple of weeks since the last podcast. I was sick for a week and on vacation the next week and had a hard time finding time for it, but I'm back and ready to go. So today's episode is going to be probably a quick one. Uh, This instrument is a really unique instrument, and it's really fun to play, but there's not really a lot to it, so um, it won't take long to cover it. But Of course, I'm talking about the Omnichord by Suzuki, but before I get into the details too much, I just want to go ahead and play the instrument so you can hear what the Omnichord sounds like. So here it is. So maybe you've heard that before, um, but maybe you haven't seen one before. So it kind of looks like a really strange Millennium Falcon-like thing with a big round body and kind of a protrusion, almost like a stubby guitar neck. Um, I don't think it's meant to be held like a guitar. It's really a a lap or tabletop instrument, Um, but it's designed to be sort of an electronic replacement for the auto harp which is probably an instrument that you remember from elementary school Um, that little tabletop uh, harp looking thing that you could pluck with a little guitar pick type thing Um, and near the neck there's this touch sensitive strum panel which is operated by gliding your finger over it or you can pluck it where you just kind of hit various spots on the strum panel Um, and in the middle of the circular body is um, a series of chord buttons these affect what chord sounds when you touch the strum bar so to play a C major chord like I've been playing you press the C major chord button and strum If you want C minor, likewise, you press the C minor button and strum. Same with C7. Of course, there are a lot of different types of seventh chords. That is a dominant seventh chord where it's a major chord with a minor seventh note added. Um, And the chord buttons are kind of interesting because they are arranged in rows and columns and the top row has all major chords the middle row is all minor chords and the third row is all those dominant seventh chords
You can also combine buttons. So if you play the major chord plus the seventh, you get a major seventh chord. If you play the minor chord plus the seventh, you get a minor seventh chord. If you play all three, major, minor, and seventh, you get an augmented chord. And if you play major and minor together, you get a diminished chord. Unfortunately, that's not very clear on the front of the device, uh, at least not on this particular model. Um, I always have to refer to the manual when I want to figure out which chords, um, if I want to use any of those special chords. One interesting thing about the chord buttons in the middle is that their arrangement. They're arranged in the circle of fifths instead of in alphabetical order like you might expect. Okay, this isn't a music theory podcast, but let me explain the circle of fifths really quickly. So if you've had music theory training, you might remember the role of the tonic, subdominant, and dominant chords, or the one, four, five um, chords, which sound like this. One, four, five, sometimes with the seventh, back to one. I'm sure you've heard the one four five progression a million times, um, but the so the way these keys are arranged, the chord buttons, those are all right next to each other. So in the key of C, C is the tonic or the one chord. If you press that, the four chord is just to the left of that, the F, and the five chord is just to the right of the C. So in any key, I don't even have to look. I can press any one. Any key, and I know the four chord is right next to it, and the five chord is on the other side. So it makes it really handy for navigating around keys, especially if you're playing a song that has just one, four, and five in it. And there's, we all know, there's just a few of those songs. Um, and just um, for your information, the little buttons on the side of an accordion are also arranged in the circle of fifths and they're kind of arranged in rows and columns like this with major and minor and dominant seventh and all those kinds of things. Uh, but that's another episode or maybe even different podcast. Um, another thing about the, the chord buttons is that they um, make sounds themselves. So far I've had them turned off, but I'm going to go ahead and enable them. And now if I press the chord button, it plays a block chord like this. And at the same time, the strum bar is still available, so you can play both. heard a little break in there between the the chords um, I found that if I hold one chord and go right to the next one if I don't let go in between sometimes the chord change doesn't actually happen and it acts like I'm still holding the previous chord um, that's probably something that you just have to practice and get used to I'm not very good at it yet so someday maybe I'll be an omnichord expert but not yet 
All right, so probably time for a break, even though we're just about done. Um, I don't have a sponsor yet, but I do want to mention that the, uh, the ebook is available on the website about effects for synthesizers. It teaches you all about the different kinds of effects that guitar players use in their stomp boxes. And uh, check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a quick read. It's almost like a little dictionary or glossary you can refer to as to what different effects mean, like reverb and delay, and what's the difference between them. Um, so yeah, check it out at synthlib.com effects. And let me know what you think. All right, back to the Omnicord. And I should mention here that I've been using the Omnicord System 2 OM84. And there are a couple of versions, different models out there like the OM27. I think I've seen a 36. There's the Suzuki Q-Cord, which is the current model out there. And one kind of quirk about the one that I'm using is uh, the drum patterns that it has don't work on mine. I've tried fixing it and I can't figure it out. If, if you happen to know how that works to fix that let me know there's also some memory built in where you can record a passage and that doesn't work on mine either sadly um but that's okay i think the the most important part of the omnicord is the strumming and those block chords and those work just fine on mine so i'm happy with that especially since uh, this omnicord was given to me by a friend and i didn't even have to buy it that said um these things, since they look like toys, they turn up a lot at um, Goodwill and yard sales, things like that. So keep an eye out for them. They're they're really great instruments, and if you can find a good deal on them, maybe somebody doesn't realize that it's not a toy, and it is a, actually a good instrument. But if you turn to things like eBay and things like that, you'll probably find that people do know what they're worth and charge a lot more. Um, so just a little tip there if you're looking for one. So as far as the instrument, I've pretty much covered everything that I can on this one. Um, the one other thing I didn't mention is the the various controls for level control and sustain. So there's an overall volume knob, which is pretty self-explanatory, but there's also um, a mix knob for the two different string voices. So those are the strummed sounds. So I guess there's two voices going on here, and you can turn one on and one off or, or have a mix of them like this. Here's just one, um, one of the string voices. So now if I bring the other one back in, you can hear the difference. Now they're both on all the way. It's kind of one of those knobs where you have an, one knob inside of another knob. They're a little bit tricky to use. Get the idea. It sounds like just one of them has a filter on it, so it makes it sound like it's a lower range, but really it's the same, just filtered. There they are together. The other thing you control is the level of the chords, the block chords. So if I have this on, oh, that was quite a bit louder. I can control the level of those chords in relation to the strum chords. So there it's turned turn down a little bit more. And the other really neat thing is that the sustain knob. So kind of the classic Omnicord sound has the sustain up pretty high. I've had it almost all the way up, but here it is with it 
all the way up. So you're, the, this only affects the strummed sound, so the, the notes will sustain longer. Or I can turn it down. Here it's about half off. You hear the notes end quickly, and here's with the sustain all the way off. But like I said, the classic Omnichord sound is more of a, with the sustain up pretty high. And that's really about it. Um, so you may be wondering how useful the Omnichord really is. It sounds pretty lo-fi, and it is. It's kind of meant to be that way, but a lot of people have used it really creatively. I'm going to link uh, just a handful of examples on the show notes on, for this podcast at um, synthlib.com slash podcast. Look for episode four. So check out that list. You'll hear some examples of the Omnichord in use. And then let's play Spot the Omnichord and see if you can find it in use um, in the music that you listen to. Chances are it's out there somewhere and maybe you haven't even noticed before. So have a listen and thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope to see you next week. 